You are listening to the Mary Jane Society podcast, brought to you by Studio 420, a cannabis-friendly marketing agency. I'm your host, Pam Schmiel, Marketing Director for Studio 420. Today we meet Ken Taze, the CEO of Greenleaf Marketers, a cannabis print marketing company. We talk about old school marketing tactics, specifically direct mail, and how it can help to build brand awareness and drive sales when traditional marketing tactics are not available to the cannabis industry. Ken brings 12 years of experience as a bank regulator and employs compliance personnel to help navigate the gray area of advertising cannabis in different states. Let's meet Ken. Hey, Pam, how are you? Good, good. So it was great to see you at the show. That was fun. Get to meet in person and... Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be on your podcast. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. So, um, first, wanted to hear uh, just an overview of Greenleaf Marketers and um, what you do and why you chose to focus uh, your Minuteman Press business into the cannabis industry. Yeah. So, yeah, right. I do own a Minuteman Press shop, and my. My venture in the cannabis actually started with Minuteman Press. After the pandemic, just searching, uh, my Minuteman Press shop, the major clients were universities, charter schools, mm-hmm. uh, nonprofits, all the people that got hit really, really hard. So during the pandemic, of course, everybody did, but those, those institutions really got hit hard. So I was looking for anything, another income stream mm-hmm. that I can do for, uh, that I can do for my Minuteman Press shop when New York and New Jersey legalized cannabis and once they did that i said you know this is really good because i knew that cannabis had an issue marketing online Mm. so i figured print would be a good thing for you know that could really help these guys out with so i uh i did a small show last october and uh, a little small trade show here in newark and really got a lot of information kind of got my feet wet and realized that you know this is a this is going to be a, probably a very highly regulated area, and there's going to be a lot of advertising rules and regulations that you're going to need. Uh, so, talk to a few people about, you know, uh, and also I had a couple of people come up to me, not more than a couple, a few people come up to me and say, Ken, so is Minuteman Press a, a cannabis friendly printer? I said, What do you mean by that? And they're like, Well, we have a hard time finding printers that will print our cannabis stuff. I said, so if I had a, I asked them, if I had a cannabis, if I had a printing company that was solely focused on cannabis, would you use that? And they were like, absolutely. Mm. So that really kind of gave me, that's where the, the idea for Greenleaf kind of actually came up. Knowing that it's going to be highly regulated, you're going to have to build a, uh, an expertise in that area. Mm. And the fact that the cannabis community is such a community that they like to buy from cannabis companies and, uh, so we wanted a printer that was totally focused on cannabis. We didn't want to be a company that had a cannabis program. We wanted to be a co- we wanted to be a cannabis company. So that's really kind of how we got started with Greenleaf, uh, and that kind of what the, the idea was about bringing uh, Green uh, Greenleaf to life. And and then also you have your background in compliance anyway, previous to Minutemen. So that probably just drew you into the whole, you know compliance and regulations frame yeah. around the whole industry anyway. 
So yeah, that's exactly right, Pat. You know, living in a regulated environment is a skill set amongst itself. So I spent 12 years as a federal bank regulator, also spent uh, time in, in the industry on the other side of that. And uh, that, you know, so being in a regulated environment, understanding how regulators act, how regulations read, uh, how to interact with the attorneys when you need to interact with them. I thought that was a skill set of mine that I could bring to the table that would help with uh, some of the uh, some of the nuances of the regulatory environment. Right. Yeah, no, I think it'd be really helpful. I know I was going through your brochure and I see, you know, you have all the typical um, uh, printing services and, you know, between labels and, um, you know, and those kind of things. But I, the one that really stands out to me um, that could help cannabis businesses because of all the restrictions in advertising is your direct mail uh, service, which is very old school. We people marketers don't really talk about that or even think about it anymore because we're such a digital age and that's where we throw our marketing. But I, I just love bringing back direct mail and fighting back on this. And I, to start with, what are the compliance issues that brands need to be aware of when they're um, implementing a direct mail campaign? So first is to know that that cannabis on a federal level is still illegal. It's still a schedule one drug right so we're using the u.s postal system to disseminate information so there's certain things that we can't say or do for instance you can't necessarily advertise selling of an illegal product like you couldn't put 25 percent off our sativa strains this month right kind of thing you can promote your brand uh and you can promote your lifestyle and you can promote anything that's legal, whether that's uh, salves or popicles, anything like that. You, but just like with anything else, you can't embellish on what they can actually do. You can't uh, uh, you, you can't make these extraneous. You know, everybody says there's so many different uh, medicinal uses for marijuana. None of those have been uh, recognized by the by the federal government, so you can't really say any of that kind of thing. But so what we do have people that are interested in, uh, they want to promote their brand. They want to promote their activities, right? Uh, we have brands that want to come in and do direct mail and to say, okay, hey, you can, you can get this at your local dispensary at X, Y, and Z, right? So we, so we have some of that. So, but the, uh, from a, what you can't do is, uh, and you know, you can't send samples through the mail Mm -hmm. uh, vapes are, you can't send vapes to the mail. Uh, so those are things that you, you just, you can't do. And so what we try to do is that, uh, we try to get our clients to, uh, put a, build a landing page for their website and then put a QR code on the, uh, uh, on, on the mail piece so that you can scan that and you can say, see our specials here, right? click the scan code to see our special. So you're not, you're not advertising it on the mail. You're just using it as a vehicle so that people, and QR codes are big anyway. Right. right. Everybody, loves, everybody loves a QR code, right? Yeah. So yeah. you scan the QR code and you send it straight to a landing page, right? So, uh, which is, a, it happens on a couple of things. And I think something we're going to talk about here in a minute. But so those are things that we really try to do. So, but another compliance issue and one of the probably the biggest ones is that every state is different. And uh, for instance, uh, in Colorado, you cannot have, uh, 
exposure, it cannot use the uh, cannabis leaf on the outside packet. Mm. Okay. So for instance, so for our Canamel product, we actually have a, a, a cannabis leaf in the logo. So we have to change that to be able to mail our Canamel uh, product in Colorado. In Massachusetts, you can't use coupons. So uh, we're still working through that. But that's uh, one, one of, I guess, one of the things that really came, kind of came out at uh, NECAN. We mm. had a pretty deep discussion about that, about the use of, of, uh, of coupons. So uh, I guess they consider that a form of enticement. Just knowing what, how to do it in every state. Now, I mean, the great thing is, is that, you know, we do the cannabis world, which includes CBD. So we can go into states that only have CBD, right? So of course, hemp was uh, legalized in uh, uh in the, in the farm bill. So every, almost every place has CBD. You can advertise CBD. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you, but once you get past that, uh, that three milligram limit, then you're into the cannabis world. And uh, those are things that, now even in CBD still can't, still can't uh, advertise the smoking and you can't advertise the edibles. Okay. So once again, just uh, topicals and salt salves and those types of things. Oh, so for both, you cannot advertise if you're a tincture or flower company uh topical you can, well you could probably do tincture uh but you couldn't yeah you can't sell necessarily sell flower you can't sell anything you know any of your baked products that are cbd baked products or anything like that so a lot of this you you can actually kind of defer back to alcohol and tobacco advertising and what's legal and not legal in there it's really kind of where some of these are just kind of follow-ons from from regulations that have been in place for decades around tobacco uh, right. and alcohol advertising. So you, okay, just a couple things to clarify. So if you're advertising your brand, or it could be a dispensary, it could be CPG product, could be a dispensary that mm -hmm. you that would most likely be advertising, but you can't, if you're a brand and you're, you basically sell flour only to dispensaries, you can't put that, any of that well, that's a little bit different, okay? Because then you're into B2B advertising versus B2C advertising, okay? Most of the advertising regulations that we deal with are dealing directly with consumer, right? So if you're if you're in a B2B right. environment and you're advertising, because so that, that that's and that's a really a different issue, right? Right. So um, well, um, I'm now, talking, I'm talking B2C. Yeah, B2C. So in, in the B2C, right, so you can't sell necessarily, you can't really put flour on there. So, mo you know, once again, inhalants, gummies, edibles, those types of things, I, there's just a lot of going on with that. Uh, uh, edibles are really kind of in a gray area. Uh, but, you know, the things that we know that are that are allowable are things, you know, like topicals. Okay. Okay. You know, and those are, uh, and, 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 you know, to be honest with you in the CBD, in the CBD market, those are probably the most prominent type of products anyway, because mm -hmm. people are putting them on their joints. So, you know, your demographic for CBD, right. is probably maybe over 55 that people are looking for something for, you know, a knee, a knee ailment or something yeah. like that. So, you know, I think for those aspects, those are fine. Uh, but, but even with that, if, you know, you can still put on the, the card, Hey, click this QR code, you click the QR code to see our assortment of edibles. Mm, right? yeah. So you can, yeah. So you can put it in a general sense like that. You can put, you can say those types of things, what you can't do is sell that product. Okay. Right. It. So it's very, very nuanced. Right. But once again, we're working kind of in a gray area 
hopefully when uh, we get some federal legalization uh, happening within the market, then you know some of these some of these rules will go away and some will never go away. Just because I think we're always going to default back to things around the tobacco and alcohol advertising around how we do that. You know, one of the things is making sure that your your direct mail list is uh, goes to at least 75% is 21 and over. Yes. Right. You know, so there's ways that we do that, right? That, so if you're coming to us for a mailing list and we get the mailing list in a town or a county, um, we suppress the list for under 21. Uh, we suppress the list for families with children, known with known children. So to increase the, to decrease the chance that we inadvertently target uh, minors or people that uh, would, you know, not be a good thing to target. So uh, those are things, and then we also uh, we also engage uh, marketing attorneys, and uh, that know advertising in those states, and we pass all of our mail through uh, through them for a compliance review to ensure that we're not off the rails anywhere. Oh, okay. Because talking about this as a brand, you know, especially a big brand, a big company, might mm -hmm. be more, they're more nervous about these kind of things violating these kind of laws. So it's good to know that you're running them through a law firm or a, a lawyer. In Compliance function, right? Compliance and that's function. just to make sure that in that particular state. So, you know, we we ran whatever it was through, say, uh, Massachusetts, and and they said, oh, Ken, this is this is this is considered a coupon. And it's kind of funny about you know, so what is a coupon? Right. right. So you know, well, you know, so I mean, most call to actions are are coupons, right? So. Right. Uh, you know, so that, that's kind of how we work through that. But we also but we use attorneys uh, to make sure that uh, for all, you know, everything in advertising that we do is 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 with the uh, with is complies with the law. Uh, for and, each, for each, like if I came to you and wanted to do this in Massachusetts, you would run my ca particular campaign through someone in Massachusetts. Yes, yeah, somebody with that knowledge. Now we have okay. our attorneys have generally operate in multiple states. Mm -hmm. But uh, we do. Uh, that is that is part of our process is to run it through a, uh, a, a an attorney with knowledge in that in that state. Definitely. So it just helps keeps. You know, we are like I said once again, we're very much in a gray area, and uh, uh, what what is passes muster today may not in three years when there's an election, right? Mm -hmm. So right now there's just not a there's more push to legalize marijuana than there is to criminalize it. So some of these things, you know, they're in the gray area. We don't want to break the law, but we we're willing to push the envelope a little bit. Right. Yeah. That, that's a really great selling point for your company because, you know, it, it is a concern, um, you know, this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, and it's, I've had people ask me, says, Kim, do you have a compliance function? Well, I don't have a compliance function, but I do have compliance personnel. I can only hope to grow big enough to have a Right, right, right. I was going to say, well, that was going through my mind was, uh oh, that's some overhead costs there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So you take a hit a little bit on paying the uh, paying the hour rate at the attorney, but you know it doesn't take him. You know, it doesn't take him long to to look at it. Uh, oh, you know, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and say, okay, uh, yeah, Ken, I think you're okay in this, or uh, or hey, what the attorneys will tell you is the level of risk that you're running. Right. And honestly, you know, it's the company's um, responsibility to do their due diligence, uh, you know, but, but you're, you're a safety net to have that compliance.
but uh, you know, it, it, there are so many these little nuanced laws out there. You, you can so easily step off the tracks. And as, as a mailer, uh, I'm I'm not going to get in any trouble. Uh, right. Uh, this is certainly the the mail owner, which is uh, which are all the companies that advertise with us. But you know, if if somebody's getting caught up in in some uh, getting hit up by the by the DOJ or the FTC about something, that's not doing my reputation any good. Oh, right. Exactly. You know? Right. You're, so, I mean, we're all in it together. That's right. Yeah. So it all works together. We have, we got to get through this together. Um, right. So the big question is also, how do you find these audiences? I know you're going through the United States Postal Service. Are you able to target verified cannabis users, consumers, so, or just go for yeah. a certain demographic that your client is looking for? All right, so we are that that information is getting better and better and better because now uh, credit card transactions are getting easier. So we do we are so we do work with data companies to to procure the list, right? But so and uh, for B two B lists as well. But they are getting better, more and more data on on people that uh, there's a code on every product that you buy with with a credit card. There's a code that goes to the credit card company. Right. And that's why they know what you're buying. That's why you can't uh, hurt. That's why you can't put, say, your rent on your credit card because that code is not accepted by the credit card company. The uh, but with that, for people that are using those codes in those in those states, uh, uh, we're starting to get more and more of that data. The data companies are getting more and more of that data about who are the actual uh, con uh, cannabis consumers. So as as more and more states come on board and more and more uh, and safe banking apps will do a lot to help really improve this, but uh, and more and more people use credit cards and it gets out of so much of, of a cash transaction uh, environment, we'll get more and more data on who exactly in your area is, is a consumer that we can geo-target a lot better uh, like that. Now, with that, once we get, once we get, uh, know the, who the consumers are, right? Then we can actually build profiles around the consumers and then target those people with similar profiles. Mm. There's, there's a big difference in response rates when you're going for saturation mailing versus a highly targeted list. It goes from 1% to 8 to 9%, mm. right? And if you can show people that, uh, you know, you're that one out of every 10 of these things is getting a response and people will, you know, people will do that. Right. I mean, if I can take a list of 10,000 people and 1% respond to that, you know, that drives a hundred people into your store. Well, does that, does that, does that cost, you know, does that outsell the cost of, of what it is? And that's what our Canamel product actually does because in Canamel, we actually put multiple companies on a card. And then we mail it to 10 or 20,000 people in the city or county area, depending on whatever we have, whatever list that we build for that particular area. Right. And then, and then, you know, people with dispensaries or products, or, you know, we even ex extend this out to healthy living, like yoga studios or massage par uh, parlors, or those kinds of things that are maybe an ancillary to cannabis or have that same type of vibe. Okay, and then we sell that and, uh, and, we, and we mail these out in, in, in a very specific way to city and county areas. So uh, cities, if you're in New York or Boston, you know, we can do cities. If you're in uh, uh, the Upper Peninsula of, of, of uh, Michigan, 
then you, you kind of probably are going out more of a county of a mm -hmm. county range, right? So that's how we work. Uh, so that's how we work with Cannonmail. Oh, and so this is this is this is different from your own. I, this is a really great idea for um, dispensaries wanting to do co-op marketing with their uh, with their vendors. Yes. So yes. so it's perfect for that because. Um, you know, everybody puts in a little bit and it could be, this is the dispensary, uh, Canamail and all the different um, uh, CBGs. Okay. Economics of this. So if you, if you mailed out a six by nine card to 5,000 people with the postage, the mailing, uh, the postage, the printing, the mail services, not including if you even need a uh, mail list probably going to cost you at least 85 cents a postcard to mail out. Okay. Here you can take a one twelfth page ad cost you eight cents. Right. So that same 10,000. So if you're doing 10,000 people, that's $800 to reach, to get to 10,000 people, if you get a 1% response rate. That's a hundred people. And so if a hundred people walked into your dispensary, would you recoup your $800? And my guess is that your average spend is probably close to $50. So, so you know, it's $5,000 per turn for 800. So that's about 400% ROI. Yeah, no, it's a great idea. It, it, you should promote it to dispensaries. I, people are always looking for co-op co-op agreements. Yeah. But, you know, it's more cost effective. Everybody's pitching in and for Yeah, because the one thing that, that the, 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 the average postage on this is like 29.1 cents. And that's just, that's, that's a sunk cost. That's a pass through. I can't mark up or mark down postage. It is just what it is. And, uh, and so that's the one, the one cost you really can't control. And it's the, and you know, if, if you're already at 30 cents a, yeah. a postcard, you know, I mean, you know, going out to 10,000 people, you're already at $300. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, or I'm sorry. Yeah. $3,000. Right. So, you know, it's already just, it's, it can get cost prohibitive. Right. right. No, it can be expensive, right? If you did it by yourself. And then I just want to go back to the on the card you show that there's twenty percent percent off, ten percent off, or whatever. Can you put you can you put a, a discount on these car on these mailings? You, well, it depends. In, in Massachusetts, we couldn't, right? You could not, but, in Massachusetts. Yeah, in Massachusetts, you could not, but in other places, you can. You can. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So uh, because that's uh, what these are for, really. Yeah. Well, that's why, and that's what we say, you know, you're, you're, you know, the, the, really the key, there's a couple of key things to direct mail. And one of them, one of them is having a, one of them is, is repetitiveness. So with direct mail, doing a direct mail campaign, it cannot be a one and done because that would be a disaster, right? It's just, you can't throw that many, it's just, you have to repeat it. That's why in Canada mail and, and the Greenleaf marker is they're scheduled to be mailed once every six weeks. Right. So that, so that the customer is always kind of in a rhythm of getting, of always get kind of getting these, uh, these mailings, but that's one thing. The second is the size. A lot of people make a mistake of direct mail of putting a four by six postcard. It gets lost. That's why even, even with my Minuteman press, I use six by nine cards, right? Because they are, yeah, yeah. Because I want, if, if they do nothing else, the, the customer does nothing else than throw it away. They've got to pick it up. They've got to look at it before they throw it away. And this is the big advantage you have over email is that with email, I can just click delete and it's gone. 
right? With a promotional promotion mail item, I've actually got to throw it away and people will at least see your brand or, and chances are people like to look at coupons. I don't know what it is about coupons. People like to look at coupons. <laughs> the second part of that is that, is that, is that people often will keep coupons. The average, the average piece of promotional mail stays in a house for 17 days mm. on average. And I always thought that was crazy until mm. I went home and looked at my desk. <laughs> well, I might you know? put something on my refrigerator. Well, my, my mother-in-law is like, you know, she gets something, she sticks it right on the refrigerator. I know. Right? I, I, I might I, need I, that. I might, I might need, need that. that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? I don't need it today, but that's something I might need, right? I mean, exactly. I mean every plumber and pizza joint and everybody's got something on the refrigerator. Yeah. So so that's so that's why direct mail can be can be so effective, right? Is that uh, so? Uh, so having you know having it big enough, people look at. And then the third thing is that the call to action, right? If you're going to have a coupon on there, don't put it five percent off. Nobody goes into a store for five percent off. Yes, right? that doesn't. You know that doesn't get that doesn't get people motivated, right? Give me 15, 20, 25 percent off. Give me something that's going to make it worth my while to walk into your store because if I'm going to come and buy that one thing, I might buy something else at full price. That's right. So um, let's make sure that your your call to action is really really strong. If you cannot, if if you can't give a really really good strong action, then you have to give them some compelling reason to get into your store. Right. Right. Oh yes, definitely. And also, it's it's a proven fact. Well, supposedly, you know that people have studied that people need to see your product at least six times before they even start registering it I, I think also that is a great benefit yeah. to the direct mail if you're looking to um build you know brand awareness uh at the very least you will you'll have that because you also you come in and you're putting your mail in piles junk save that person that other family member so it's going round and round then you pick it up again oh make sure you didn't you know put something you need in there and you toss it out so yeah it's it's a really great way to uh to build brand awareness. I like that. Um, and to that point, we really, we never think, we never talk about direct mail as it's, as a single channel approach. It's always best done in a multi or omni channel approach. Mm-hmm. And, and when, you, and when you do that, you need to make sure that your message is consistent through every medium. You want your, you want your clients to have the same interaction, no matter what channel that they're coming through, right? You don't want them to have a different a different experience if they're using mail coming to you as opposed to using uh, clicking on a pay-per-click ad or or just doing a Google search and accessing your your website like that. So you want to make sure that no matter what you do, and that's more of an omni-channel approach, so making sure that your message is consistent throughout every channel that you use. But direct mail is best used, not as a single source, but as a part of a broader marketing campaign. Right. I'm a big proponent of omni-channel marketing. It, you just have to have it. it but I, 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 like I said, I just love bringing back this old school marketing tactic for the cannabis industry. I think it's just great. Um, I think other industries too could, could really, you know, use it um, because it, it's just what you said about, you know, building the brand awareness and all that, if, if, if that's the least that you get. Um, and then I know we, we, when we spoke before, you were telling me about the uh, dynamic 
aspect to it is can you tell me well, about that? so my minuteman press shop has a has a, has a product called dynamic direct mail uh, we really kind of struggled with this in the cannabis industry because it incorporates things like social matching finds people's social media uh, feeds and then and before their mail gets to them they start start, start seeing the flyer pop up that there's a, some restriction about that that and that also has some banner ads and so there's some areas in, in dynamic direct mail that are restrictive for uh, for cannabis, but we can still use it because there are very a lot of useful things in that program like uh, lead track matching. We can put a, a, a pixel on your on your uh, on your website to capture all the traffic that's coming in there. So while we may only get we may only get the address, we can take that back to our data company and have names appended to it, so that you would actually have a mail list of people coming to your follow on uh, mail. So there's there's some things, there's a call number tracking uh, in, in that feature. So there's some things in that program uh, that would be useful to cannabis, but it's just kind of limited cannabis. And that's and that's a program that, that Greenleaf Marketer doesn't offer right now. Uh, my Minuteman Press Shop actually offers it. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's something down the road, like you said, once things start loosening. It's, it's at least not a schedule one drug. They just need schedule it, right? And I think that the socials will open up because I think they, they won't be able to avoid the the uh, uh, the cash flow stream, mm-hmm. right? It'll just be a, a flood of that stuff. So I think, and I think at that point, that'll be a very viable uh, opportunity. Um, so I think this is it. I think we have a good wrap here, unless there's something else that you would like to say that I've missed. No, yeah, no, I just, I, I just always like to end up with saying that, uh, so it, no matter if it's marketing materials, signs, labels, apparel, promotional items, or direct mail, Greenleaf Marketers has products that you need to get noticed and win customers. And so, one of the one one of the ones I do like that you do. I was just looking at the other services. Is the scratch and sniff? Uh, uh, I, the nails, yeah. No, I was like, I was. I'm, yeah, I love yeah. that. I'm like, that's another good one. Scratch. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's like that's, scratch and sniff labels on, uh, because, you know, terpenes are going to become a real big thing, you know, once it, they right? start nailing yeah. it down and perfecting and, 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 and the different craft cannabis, you know, has, they have different smells and, you know, because of the terpenes and all that. So anyway, right. I, think, I think it's yeah. a good idea. And that brings up another point on label compliance. So we're also getting it more and more into label compliance so that we can not only print your labels, but we can actually provide you some feedback on, oh, you know, you might want to think about this or this isn't going to fly or, you know, did you know this isn't really regulation? Right. Okay. Okay. Well, cool. I think that's a wrap then. Um, and I'll, yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you giving me yeah. the opportunity to be on your podcast. And yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, uh, uh, is really cool. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.